afternoon, listeners. Have you ever heard of intensive farming? I am Erica Haverty, and on today's episode of Reading Nature, we are going to look into one of the most overlooked environmental issues out there. Today, we will be going into depth about intensive farming in the United States, what exactly that means, and how it affects the environment in ways you have never even considered. First, let me define intensive farming and give some background information to help you all understand how it became an environmental concern in the first place. Intensive farming can be broken up into two categories, agriculture and animals. In a nutshell, when looking in terms of agricultural farming, intensive farming is basically overworking the land, including monoculture, irrigation, and an excessive use of pesticides and fertilizers. With animals, intensive farming includes factory farms, where animals are abused and crammed and overgrazing on the land. And so, let's jump back a few years and find out how we even got to this point of overworking and using the land to such a high degree that the environment is at stake. The United States used to be heavily dependent on agriculture. There were small farms everywhere. But when the country started to industrialize, more so after World War II, these small farms began joining together, resulting in larger farms with less people working on them. There had to be some sort of change in order to continue operating these large plots of land and that change was found in chemicals, pesticides, and large machines, and much more. And so, now that we know some of the background information about intensive farming, let's dig deeper into how it has a negative effect on the environment. But first, we have a special guest on air to ask their opinion of the matter. Good afternoon, Catherine, and welcome to the show. Hi, Erica. I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you. So after hearing all of that background information on intensive farming, I want to ask you some questions about your personal thoughts and opinions. Have you ever heard of intensive farming before? Yes, I have heard of it, but I was not exactly sure what it entailed. Are you aware of the excessive amounts of chemicals or pesticides they use on the food you eat and its effects on your health and the environment? Are you aware of the abuse that goes on in factory farms every day and how that too correlates to the environment? Yes, again, only to some extent. I do not know the full impact it has on the environment. Did you know that raising animals for food is one of the largest contributors for greenhouse gases? Um, no. What about the fact that animals are fed about 6 kilograms of plant protein to only produce 1 kilogram of animal protein? I did not. Do you do anything in response to the treatment of food, land, or animals, such as buying locally, eating organic foods, and so on? Um, not really. I usually try to just buy what is cheapest. I don't always take that into account, even though I know I should. But do you think that is really what is cheapest in the long run, taking into consideration all of the environmental and health defects? Well, that's why I am here today to give you and all of the listeners some insight on the negative impacts intensive farming has on the environment. Now, I am going to list some of the ways this is an environmental concern, and then I am going to go through each one in more depth and what exactly their effects are on the environment. First of all, Intensive farming results in a massive amount of energy in order to sustain all of the farmland and crops. Big machines are needed on the farm, and then producing, transporting, and caring for the crops requires even more energy. Secondly, as discussed earlier, there is an excessive amount of pesticides and chemicals being used which are dangerous for your health, pollute the air, land, and water, and on top of that, the wind can carry them into other farms that do not even use pesticides. Next on the list of negative effects, there is a massive requirement for water. It requires a lot of water in order to sustain both the crops and animals. There has even been dams built in order to manage the water, which can then pose a threat to other environments and ecosystems. 
There is also a large amount of land being used, which disrupts biodiversity, killing plants and animals living in areas where land is cleared. Next, we have the issue of overgrazing. Due to too many animals in one area of land, there is not enough recovery period for plants to grow back. This can lead to climate change, soil erosion, and the productivity and biodiversity of the land. On top of that, there is also the issue of monoculture. Monoculture is when you grow just one crop on the same piece of land for many years, using the same soil over and over again. This ruins the soil quickly and requires a higher usage of chemicals and is more likely to cause disease. Next is irrigation. Irrigation is the application of water to the crops. So like a giant sprinkler system, the water is usually derived from rivers or groundwater, which can damage the downstream ecosystems, hurt water quality, and degrade the land. Following that, there is the issue of slash and burn. This is when you cut and burn forests in order to create fields for farming. After the land is used, it is a long recovery time to return to its natural state. Soil quality gets poor very quickly because of the loss of trees. Greenhouse gas emissions, soil erosion, loss of biodiversity are all negative effects of this technique. And finally, animal abuse is another major negative effect. Animals in factory farms are overcrowded and mistreated. Despite all of the negative talk we discussed today, I am, however, going to leave you all with some positivity. There are indeed some ways we can help stop this or minimize it. Again, these are not the type of small farms you see in any small town. These are very large-scale farms. However, these farms can take some steps to minimize the effects they're having on the environment. They can minimize tillage, which will then minimize soil erosion. They can also reduce their use of pesticides by using alternative pest management methods or use equipment that uses less energy and is more fuel efficient. There's also the option of using genetically modified organisms, more commonly known as GMOs, which use less pesticides. However, this method is quite controversial, for there is not much research done on it yet. However, in reality, a large-scale farm like this is not going to make changes without a policy change or a change in the environmental laws. So what can we do as consumers to start making small changes? We can all buy more locally or from organic farms and try eating less meat. Some options you could try is cutting out meat for just one day a week. Additionally, try reaching out to a politician who shares the same views as you. Every little bit of effort helps, and if we all work together, imagine what we could do. Thanks for listening. Until next time.